Hey there, Shopamaniacs. You're listening to probably the sickest episode of Sick Shop- Talk Show. Sick Talk Show. Go. <laughs> Talking websites, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good one. I'm uh, packing the packing the van for a for a little trip. Little Doing trip. A little... Yeah, we got Chris in the in the house choir uh, here, which means we get banjos. That's quite wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I got them out. I'm here in my music room. I've never recorded in here, but at home I have a little little room that I'm intending to slowly turn into a whatever a music room means, really. Yeah. It's not I do I do have a bunch of microphones and interfaces and stuff, so it could be a recording room. Although my my passion for recording music is not high, you know? Like I think it's neat and I like I have the equipment, but I don't really have the knowledge, the training, or a ton of desire really. I'm not like I'm gonna cut an album. It's just not on the radar right now. Uh there's some cliffs there, right? Like it's like I'm gonna like anyone can record, right? Like you can, or not anyone, but like you just plug a guitar into a USB thing and then Boom. put it into GarageBand. Yeah. Look, you're recording, you know? I've done um, it a couple of times. GarageBand is pretty good. It has like, it has like AI drums. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. What? My it's friend crazy. who records actual albums actually uses those because he's just like, Dude, they get me so far without having to bring in our friend Andy, who does drums for everybody's albums. Like, you know, it gets you so far, and then you can bring somebody in if you need to. But yeah, uh, and I, I really I, like when you do when you because I just never get a chance to do this as like a, a acoustic only. You know, with I only ever play music in living rooms with friends. Mm-hmm. I do it all the time, once or twice a week. You know, it's fun. Um, but that's what you hear is just whatever comes out of the instrument you have. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I like it. But th- then you get the chance to play amplified. That's really fun because if you want to play louder, you just guess what? You just turn it up. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you have the chance to the processing abilities are so high. And, it, and if you're plugged into GarageBand, oh, man, there's a big old list of like, oh, make it sound like I'm in an old church or whatever. And you're like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And all it just yeah, and it's a a button or a filter that does that, you know. So no, but there's cliffs, right? Like so, you get good at that, but then you like start seeing like I don't know. I've met a few people in my life who like can actually master an album, or I feel like they're good at it. But then they're like, no, dude, I go talk to this guy Greg, who's like super good at it. And so you just like there's I don't know. I th- I think like it takes an ear, you know. Um, right. And then, like, even, like, producers, I don't know, like, who, Rick Rubin or whoever, that guy who does Taylor Swift's albums and Kesha's albums or whatever. Like, all these, yeah, that's, like... Those are incomparable, almost. It's almost trying to compare Luro to Walmart or something. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, these people have just a, a skill of manipulating sound or finding sound, you know, um, that, that just most people don't. So, uh, it's, yeah... Um, yeah, you can almost think of like recordings as like collages, you know, like where where like you and with your friends in the living room is like just making music, you know, and then uh, but an album or a recording is almost like this collage of like instruments coming in and out, effects like little 
those uh, sort of noises and crap. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So this room is pretty cool. I don't know. I'm 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 building a special cabinet, not by hand, but I'm providing input to a woodworker who's Okay. We'll be crafting the cabinet. I've got, I can't do this anymore. Uh, this is a classic. You buy the little fork for the wall and you hang, you hang mm, your instruments job, yeah. on it. Yeah. And it ends up looking like a music store. It's kind of classic. It, it can look kind of cool. It looks right. a little college dorm roomy to me. Not like my favorite look. Or maybe I'm just sick of seeing it so prevalently in those type of settings. But I can't do it here in Bend anymore. It's just too damn dry. Even if I, I you can oh, really? see behind me. I know everybody yeah. else can't see, but I got a one of those Dyson humidifier thing. Humidifiers. Oh wow! Um, yeah. It doesn't quite do enough, even in this small room. Oh, uh, I took a guitar in for repair, and they're like, "Bro, you cannot just leave this thing hanging out in bend. Like, here's some Humidipax. You need to keep it in the case with your humid Humidipax. That's like the brand. It's oh, not wow. like a, but it's like <laughs> these gel gelatin yeah, pack things, like the old, like what I get in my seaweed. <laughs> it's this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So it's got to, because the, you know, if your instrument gets too dry, it just, it can crack and cause all kinds of problems. Yeah. So you need a little bit of moisture, like a cigar, I guess. Yeah. So the I'm going to keep all the instruments in the case and then I'm having the, the cabinet built for the cases and it's kind of neat. It's going to have some of that, you know, like every instrument case in the world for some reason has gold um, clasps. You have yeah. to just notice that one time, you know, so I think we're going to add, you know, kind of gold clasp stuff to the furniture on you. That's oh, kind of a fun little. Yeah. It's a fun call out. I like that. Like the, the shelves of the cabinet will have that kind of velvet inside that a lot of instrument cases have. Ooh, nice. Nice. Are you going to have like a bunch of like, well, I've seen people do like, like it's almost like a workbench, but like each layer of the workbench is a guitar case. Like they just like pull it out and here's my Stratocaster. And then oh, I should have my... done that. I'm sitting at the workbench now. I designed the height of it to be about the height I would want to work on an instrument on. Again, mm -hmm. not like a massive passion of mine or anything, but just changing strings. I mean, Dave, I have... 20 maybe instruments, Ooh, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, well, Oh, just over the hey. years, you know, I never sell any. No, you can't sell guitars. The, the, yeah. the, the, <laughs> I got, let's see. And I say one, two, three, four, five. Um, and Juicy. Then there's, I know there's one or two in the house, but um, it's not absurd. So. Yeah. Then I forget about, yeah. Cause I bring some to the office. I'm like, I'm going to have a toy there. And then I like that. They don't even make the count anymore. I forget that it's even there. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I change strings a lot because I, I, it's important to me to, to sound good. I can sense dead strings a mile away, you know. So I, I it's right at kind of like belly button-ish level. And it's easy to throw a mat down on to not hurt the surface of it. And I don't know. I got all my tools here. Got, I got a, a drawer right here with all my extra strings and all that in. Make quick work of it. So that, that was part of it. This room's not very big, so I had to make some choices how to do it. But I tell you, I had an extra monitor at work because yeah. I it had one for, for Robert who works with me and he wanted to buy a new monitor and he bought, <laughs> I should send you a picture. You don't even know they make monitors this big. It's like a billboard. It's absolutely it really? enormous. It's like a 40 inch 
or plus 50. I don't know. It's, yeah. Yes. It looks awesome. like a yes. TV. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and he loves it. I don't know why I keep, I keep benching it on different things. Cause I just think it's so funny to look at him working on it, but he's like, okay, well, here's your old monitor back. You know? So I'm like, uh, what am I going to do with this? And I chucked it in the music room. Cause I, I find myself often, you know, bringing up whatever the, whatever, what, what is, what's the app when you Google a good a song for chords? It's always like oh. guitar, ultimate guitar ultimate guitar and it's just the worst it's kind of like the best and worst website they, they have a, a won the SEO battle they always have good stuff but it always tries to get you to download the app and then you yeah. download the app and it's okay there's upsells forever they have this little dark pattern where the they put a little <laughs> pop up in the corner that shows a video of someone playing and then it says, you know, do you want to watch that video of somebody playing the song? That can be extraordinarily helpful because it's like, yeah, yes, I want to see someone do it with their fingers. But it's just a lie. They don't actually have a video of somebody playing that. It's just they cut off just enough of the video that no. that video just works for any song. I'm like, that's dark. You jerks. Nah, they um, in like one chord in every song is just wrong. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's like this weird, like it was crowdsourced, but they're just gonna like add the bejesus out of you. You know, that's what's weird too, right? And so, yeah, that is a little weird. Yeah, spam copy stuff. I'm sure theft is hugely prevalent. Um, but like, anyway, yeah, it's a bummer. It's a, but you know, then, but the I think I did even pay them just to see what it was like, and they actually do kind of remove the ads. They have this transpose feature that, you know, you're like, oh, shoot, this is in weird B-flat. I'm just, can you just kick it up a half step, you know? That's kind of a nice feature. It has the auto-scroll-down feature, which that's is kind of nice. These days, AI is, I, I don't know if it's AI, maybe it is, it has really gotten involved. You can, you can throw any YouTube video at it of any song, and it'll just tell you what the chords are of it. You're like, wow, that's yeah. awesome. No. You see, you don't even, you don't even, it's not even necessarily crowdsourced anymore. They just on the fly can trend, get can, the chords out of a, out of a song, which I, it's just, that's technology at its finest. Good job. Yeah. Robots have perfect pitch now. That's, uh, what am I going to do? I'm out. I'm out but I, you know, but, but I would do it on my phone and I'd, I have a little like tiny metal stand and I would set it up in here and I would just look at that screen. I'm like, I'm going to bring this new monitor home. And then it's sitting there and I try to hook it up to my iPad. And somehow, of course, because technology, I don't know if it's, it's like a Thunderbolt display and an iPad Pro 2 or something. And they're just incompatible with each other. You plug it in and the thing says, this this iPad cannot use Thunderbolt accessories or something. I'm like, oh, suck it. Should I find a workaround? You know, and it's one of those, it's like in web development where you just throw your hands up and you just, I just can't, I can't care. I can't, I, there's only so many hours in the day. I, I cannot care about this. Yeah. Um, I have that good fortune to be able to do that sometimes. My version of throwing up my hands was to buy a Mac Mini. Right. I've never had one before, but I just got one. It was $5.99, about the cheapest Mac Mini you can possibly buy. And oh, I, and I tossed it in here. Hey. And it's I'm recording on it right now. And there, of course, it's a perfectly capable, nice machine, you know? No, if it's the M2 version, for sure. Yeah, it sure is. So, been looking at. Or I like my setup, but you know, you're always like curious about should I get a new thing, you know? And um, have you heard of the foundation laptops? 
Um, no, another show on uh, Apple TV. <laughs> Apple TV. Oh, sorry, Framework Laptop. It's called Framework Laptop. But it's basically this, like, it's a Linux laptop. You can boot it with Windows, but it, it was built to sort of be this, like, always, always upgradable kind of green, you know, like. Okay. Like, if you need a An new indie keyboard, laptop. You just, yeah, indie, like, right to repair laptop, right? So it's like super, like, heck yeah, we are, we are. <laughs> Is it cheap or nice or both? It's, it's actually nice for like a Linux computer. There's not a lot of like Linux laptops. So it's actually like a pretty good like Linux laptop, you know? Um, yeah. If you want to just run straight Linux. But they, uh, I saw this case from Cooler Master for the like laptop board. And it's called Cooler Master Main Case Board. I'll send you a link here, but um, I'll put it in the show notes. But, um, What's funny, it's the pictures don't do it justice, but it's this little like clear case that has a computer in it. And it just kind of like has a little like prop to like sit up on your desk. And like it's it's almost like a, like a Raspberry Pi, but it's like a very big Raspberry Pi. And, it, and All it right. just, but it runs Linux and it has a i5, i7 processor and like it like works pretty good. And so anyway, I just was like, ooh, maybe I need this. And that's my. That's my yeah. SSH box, and that's where I do all my computation, you know. But then I was like, maybe. Well, there's no way it's faster than my <laughs> faster than my M2. But if I was still on Windows, I would consider it. But um, uh, well, you know what's cool about being a web person like us is that you yeah, it's you can boot up Riverside like this, and mm-hmm. it it will work fine. I think yeah. as long you know, I, I, Riverside will bitch if it's not Chrome. I was uh, when I when I booted this thing up, I had that thought real quick. I'm like, maybe I'll do the thing Dave, where I run it as a stock machine. You know, you mm. ever hear that? Mm. You install nothing. Yeah. You just uh, you change no settings. You just use it as it was Ooh. delivered, and then I just gave up instantly. I just really? couldn't. Yeah. There's so there's so many things for me. That, well, you know, first you're like, well, I need to talk to Dave, so I have to install Discord. Right. And then I'm going to record this thing, and our podcast guy expects the, you know, hi, Chris, uh, in, in, in Dropbox, although he'd probably, he could download them himself. But the flow at the moment is for me to put the files in Dropbox, so I got to install Dropbox. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm just sitting at the computer. I wasn't going to invite some people to schedule some shows. Oh, my list of people is in things. So I got to install that. And then I don't know. It was all this stuff. I'm like, I got really used to using MimeStream for email and install that. And then I'm using Safari and I pop open, like, I'm just going to use Safari. I'm going to do this. I love it. You know, it's a perfectly great browser. And then you open Riverside and it's like, no, you're not. Mm. Kids, yeah. it, it got, day one, it got me. Yeah. So. Um no, that's it would be a dream uh to just kind of I don't know, not have all this weird stuff. I don't know. I've actually been I, I might get rid of Dropbox. I think we talked about that. Like, do I actually need to be on this? Because you're just sending files to Chris over with that. And I and my coworkers sometimes use it, but I, I just was like, I, I don't think I need to pay for Dropbox and the paid date is like literally like two days from today or something like that. So I'd need to like pull the trigger on this. Right. But like, yeah. And it's, it's not going to be $16, right. It'll probably be like 99. Oh, yeah. Right. So, it's that, oh, that's right and, up there. And they want to get me up to the 188 plan. Right. And so yeah. I'm just like, dudes, no, like I, I just, I can't say yes anymore. Um, right. 
and, and you know, and it has me like, you know, I was, I sub, uh, did a Microsoft O365 for when I was on Windows and I put a bunch of stuff in OneDrive and that's kind of a syncing utility too. That's a hundred bucks a year, you know? So I'm like, got duplicate things, but I get like office out of that whole deal. Right. So it's like, uh, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I'm about to just like give up entirely. You know, I'm just like, maybe I just quit all these and they, they all go away and the I burn use, it down. I plan. use pages yeah. and numbers. I'm that guy. <laughs> I, don't know. You, I feel like every couple of years you've got to do it, especially with like when you factor in all the TV crap we have, you're like stars. Why do we have stars? Why you are know? we paying for stars? Yeah. <laughs> I signed up for Peacock. So my uh, dear wife could watch the Macy's Day Parade. <laughs> oh, it's always one little that thing. that was super important. That was super important that year. And uh, we still have Peacock. It, that was about three years ago. <laughs> 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 but, hey, oh well. That's the game they play. You get one, you just need one good show, and you'll get a bunch of people, you know? Yeah. So but then you got to keep, you got to gotta keep the show. You know, HBO, I'm looking at you, you're on the chopping block. It's a curse, man. You gotta, you gotta like, you gotta keep pulling rabbits out of your hat. You know, that's like the, that's a curse of like a service business. You think like, oh yeah, we're just going, we're serving. We're just going to take everybody's money every month. And then you just gotta like keep pulling rabbits out of that, you know? Yeah. That's got me thinking about that. Um, because what what is that number like? There, no, there's no business. This almost makes me sad. Where where like Netflix is like, you know what? We have a hundred million subscribers. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> good. Fine. We did it. Just. Stock market, firm handshakes. Everyone happy. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. Yeah, that part made me think about the Google Reader article. The, the Verge just put out who killed Google Reader. Of course, right up our alley as the kind yeah. of people who lament about about Google Reader. I feel like I used to, and then I got bored of it because it's it feels like such a almost cliche thing to whine about these days. You know, like, I miss Google. I don't know. It just became like a, do you, though? Do you even remember yeah, it? I mean, like, if you really miss it, like, Feedbin exists. <laughs> so. And it's literally better than... It's so than, much, Yeah. Yeah, like, it looks better. There's, like, font options. You can subscribe to newsletters. Like, it's... But then I was thinking, I wish I could head to head actually compare it. Like what? Like if if I could somehow resurrect the exact experience of using Google Reader, I wonder what what would be. We'd be like, oh, that was cool. And in the article, I think it was a, a fellow named David. I think uh, listed out a couple of features that I thought. I just did a quick article. I think you maybe saw it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that was I like. Saw it. There were some social features in it during a time when it was almost like pre-social network, like somehow, some way with the Google stuff, you had friends. And, you know, what I'm what I'm sure is they didn't have any good uh, safety controls. I'm sure of it back then, you know, like, yeah, it was basically I think your email like list uh, yeah, is hooked up to your Gmail or something, you know, yeah, surely couldn't block anybody, whatever. Um. But, but you know, maybe people just behaved better back then. It wasn't a huge problem. I don't know. But if once you had friends, it was, that was really addictive to see what they said. People would type little sentences below articles, and you'd be like, oh, that just triples the interestingness. I still, all I do is follow your starred feeds. And immediately, if it's starred, I am 
five times more interested in reading what it has to say than I was just if that article just came across my own feeds. People freaking care about, and some makes it extra special to me. Yeah. Like, I, because t- t- Twitter is like, you know, you see somebody post a link and I just follow enough people that that doesn't automatically make me interested in it. There's something about an RSS reading experience that those are my... Those are my reading friends. I those are really important to me. I don't know. Yeah. And I wish like I do wish in Feedman, and I'm not saying like this is a feature request. I do wish there was you could add just a smidge of context. Like Adactio does this for his like links blog. He posts all this links on his blog. I don't want to build that system and I've tried to, and then I'm really inconsistent like to microblog these things. But like just adding a little bit of commentary, like the part about prototypes is awesome, you know, or something like that, you know, like, yes, right. The so tiniest we, note, even, even less than, than Jeremy would do or, or something. Yeah. You know, just tiniest. I, I think like a, you could in Google reader, I think it was like, you could send an article to somebody with a note or something like that. You could right. chase, check this you out, comment you know? or share with note. And when you, but when you share it, what was cool is that I don't have to subscribe to that feed to see it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you leave a comment, I won't see it unless I subscribe to that thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how not done it is. I think I did get a, somebody wrote in and said like Feed Blur or something has a couple of features oh, like that. But I, I don't know. It didn't seem, I went to the website and there wasn't a single sentence about the socialness of it. And I was like, eh, I'm not sure they're <laughs> consider yeah. it a first class feature if, if they have it, nor do I think it's necessarily a, like an amazing business model. Like I'm not asking people to somebody to jump on it because it's failed over and over. So maybe we don't need that. I, I just don't, that's the part I'm nostalgic about. I think is the, well, that interesting, you know, I, I, it's this thing. It's like, I, I think there's like genuine magic in like, you read a thing, you liked it enough to signal, I like this thing, and then I get to read that thing. I think that's a very cool, transubstantiative, <laughs> like, gift. You know, it's just like, it's very passive. Like, I may not find it for years, you know, but it's just like, I read this thing and I liked it, and maybe you'll like it too. And then I read it and I like it. That's really cool. I, maybe we don't, yeah, like maybe we don't need notes. Maybe I can be like, hey, Chris, I finally read that article you liked. Right. Whoa. Like, like we can start a conversation. Maybe that's the magic. It's not like, right. It's not like, oh, but man. There's I'm a scale t- totally to it that you have to get right. Cause isn't there, wasn't it genius or something? Somebody was like, annotate the internet. Mm-hmm. You can leave yeah. those little comments all over the internet and then your friends might find them. Like, that scale of that is too big. Right, because I'll I'll never run across it that way. Well, and I I always thought that would be cool, like a little, like a private Discord sidebar browser extension that just like you just I don't know, like any website you show up to, maybe a friend is like graffitied or something like that, you know? Uh, I think, yeah, that's cool. I yeah. think that'd be kind of cool, but like it would also just be like, uh, probably hugely monotonous, you know? Or you'd have one right. Friend who's like, I got here first, you know, or whatever. Like, but there, there's also been other takes on this, like the, I don't know, like WordPress for a long time. Maybe they still do have some kind of like super fast blog mode thing. It was almost like a bookmarklet or browser extension or something. Yeah. That you're on a URL and you click it and this little tiny thing comes up and you just say, you know, you, it was almost encouraged to 
leave a little note and hit it. And then it's blogged on your site. And of course, I love that. I wish mm-hmm. people do that. That's great. That The scope of that is a little smaller, though. I feel like it's asking something of you to like make this permanent URL about it. There's something a little chiller about just leaving a quick sentence within some other app that your friends use. I'm yeah. not trying to talk anybody out of blogging, but I feel like that, that that's been tried and not that many people do it. So check, you know, yeah, there's, there's not a lot of micro blogging links like, but I, but maybe somebody can make that really easy. Maybe I should start a micro yeah. blog and I mean, look at a board. We, we, we tried, it didn't stick with us yet either. The, you know, the, the, it's a browser extension where any link you're on, you click it and it makes these boards of cards. And I'm attracted to the idea. I think it's a cool idea. And you can leave comments and talk and it's supposed to be this social experience and stuff. It's very well done, I think. But for some reason, it hasn't clicked because it yet yeah, it just slots into this very niche thing. Like if I'm reading something and I'm and I like what I'm reading, man, do I have a lot of options. I can mm-hmm. email it to myself. I can put it in my things if I need to deal with it right away. I, I often put it in my Notion database board because I'm I do. then I tag That's it right. later and do stuff. Uh, I could abort it. I could post it in Discord. I could tweet it. I just have a million things I could do with it. And I need to be sensitive to how many there are because, you know, if I try to add a new one to the mix, sometimes my brain rejects it. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, it could be a. 12 operation, you know, it's the 13th social service that really gets you, you know, that's the, that's the yeah. one that's hard. Right. But, um, and then some of them are social and some of them are not. That's an interesting distinction. Mm-hmm. And it, it turns out ooh, I'm pretty picky about the socialness of them. Yeah. When, like, I am generally not uh, pro walled gardens. Um, I guess like, Discord is and Slack is. So maybe I walk that back. But like, like, um, something's always sat weird with me about newsletters, you know, like, man, is it like I pay you five bucks to your Substack to get this thing or, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I do find them to be really good for like link lists. Like, I get a lot of value. I have a, like a Patreon. Uh, Eric Bailey has a really great one. It's not, it's like tech tangential. It's really good. It's called section, I think, 1.4. It's it's a really badly named. <laughs> yeah. I feel, don't you think Substack got it right in a way? And that they, uh, it's all, you like almost, I don't even know if you have a choice. Like you have to make your newsletter a URL. So it's almost a blog first and then they just blast it out. Yeah. Yeah. It just, the, the Substack experience though is like when i go to a substack it's like i scroll hey you want to subscribe to the Substack? no thanks okay scroll oh hey you want to subscribe to oh, just constantly yeah uh, at just... least the muscle memory is um to click that bottom most link if they ever switch those links around man they'd have a i'd be subscribed subscription rate through the roof uh uh what's what's interesting about that that uh verge article is Google Reader had like 30 million users or something, right? Like active, daily active users. Oh, that's exactly the tie. I left that hanging. Thanks for bringing that back. Is that, yeah, the almost like Netflix, you know, with the like, can we just stay where we are? 30 million users back then, too. 
is amazingly successful, I, I, except for that it didn't have a business model or whatever. But, you know, I'm sure they could figure it out. Neither does, I mean, I guess, does Gmail really? You know, you can upgrade oh, for I'm, more storage. I'm sure but, they could have figured out how to put an ad inside Google Reader. A list of like... Yeah, maybe even a lot of ads. I, I don't know. It was sad to see that it was so... It was regarded as such a redheaded stepchild of Google. Very sad. I mean, just 30 million users, widely beloved, beloved all the way up to some people at the top of the company with a handful of people working on it. Ugh. Yeah. What a joke. And then, and all the what ifs were interesting, you know, talking to the ex developers of it, um, saying that for some reason, nobody wanted to do it all over again. Because they were saying, if we left, said, we're going to do Google Reader because Google killed it, VCs would have just <laughs> brought their wheelbarrows to that party. You know, yeah. 30 million users, same developers, all the opportunity to to turn it into money, and just nobody did that. Now, maybe that wouldn't have worked out. I mean, we can see, you know, we talked to Ben from Feedbin. Feedbin is amazing. I know everybody's got their preferences, but I just am a fan of that one. He's one guy working on it. Uh, so, you know, does it support a 17, you know, how many people work at Feedly, you know, probably more because um. that one turns me off for some reason. You go to that website and they're like, have you tried our biopharma research or whatever? And you're like, what? Yeah. The, uh, the, the not, I don't want to slander. It's just, they have a, they, they went in a weird direction and, and I don't know what's going on. It's like track your employees, you know, or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like, wait, what? And you have, you know, strong open source um, challenges with, with net news wire and all that. Like, I'm not sure there is a huge business to be had in RSS. I don't know, but it might've changed things back then. If it wasn't killing, you know, maybe the, the idea of a reader would have been bigger as a concept than it is now. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, sorry. I'm just fully clarifying. I, I can't find reference to it because I, I don't know if they take it down. But it was something like, see if your employees are organizing a union or something like that. Wasn't that the that was the beef or the drama? Oh, oh, with the Feedly thing. They're, yeah, that that was the the. Yeah, I think they may have walked that back. I can't 100. percent But I do see the cybersecurity and biopharma solutions at the bottom. <laughs> Interesting. Well. I guess threat intelligence fits into RSS pretty well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Finding a product market fit is difficult. So. Certainly, um, Dave, your haircut wrote in with a question. Hey, you know, for, haircut! For I remember show. you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not related to the haircut, though. Hey, guys, do you have any uh, black box properties that you don't understand but still use on the regular? And it just somehow works. CSS, JavaScript doesn't matter. For me, it's will change. I feel like I've bitched about that before. I won't do it again. And perspective in CSS, absolutely clueless. How early should you set will change? 16 milliseconds, 200, 2,000 milliseconds? Nobody knows. And perspective, 1,000 pixels sounds good to me. Uh, That's kind of funny. Perspective is probably my big one. I guess I get it, but it's this weird version of like Z index, you know, it's like Z index, but actually like 3d, you know, um, space. And so it's weird. 
I don't fully yeah, know. how far your how far your eyeballs are away from it, but like it's certainly not a real measurement. Pixels aren't even a real measurement on websites, let alone in the 3D space towards your face. Yeah. Uh you know what I like fully have never understand. True true stories. I've been building websites coming up on 30 years, 29 years or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh my God, that's a long time, Dave. It's it's a very long time, almost as long as the internet. And blend modes just don't get it. Like, so, like, Uh, mixed blend mode, multiply background blend mode, darken, don't get it. Those are the two actually useful ones, though. I'm sure you understand (laughs) darken. That one's the easy one where it's like. But I don't understand how it gets to that. Like, what colors is it promoting? Is it just. You know what I mean? Like, if I have a green background and a red whatever. Well, that, yeah, that's hard. I just mean, like, if you have white and you darken over it, the white disappears because it's not darkening nothing. That's the only useful one. And and multiply tends to be useful. But all the rest of them are, like, like soft light. Yeah, hard burn. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's not that's tricky. That's kind of like oh, I like that one. I guess I'll leave it. You know, that's definitely a, a guess and test property for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. I find I, I do too much guess and test at all. Even I, I, still to this day, sometimes I'm like, maybe I'll chuck a position relative on it, see if that does something. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Ooh. I hate this that is, one because I, I, I know what it does. Yeah, this I just is good. Uh, with even sometimes because because in my head I have it's so locked in that like oh it's a block level element so it's as wide as it needs to be kind of thing. But if you don't set it, that's actually auto not with a hundred percent right. So once in a while you still need to set a width even though the default behavior of it is like with hundred percent. And I'm thinking of stuff like you need to use overflow ellipsis or something. Well, that's not going to, if it's an auto width, your ellipsis will never work. Yeah. You yeah. need to say with a hundred percent to get the, it's that kind of thing where you like, you end up just being like, what is up with the, Oh yeah. 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 Uh, the other, okay. I got, now that I'm thinking more making the page go a hundred percent tall, like by the background color, I believe it's HTML 100 DVH. Is that correct? No, or, you're wrong because that see, one already is. <laughs> it's body then? One of them doesn't have a height and it Fs me it's up. The body every time. doesn't have yeah. the height. So you have to push it higher. But it's tricky because if all you're trying to do is say, for example, background red or something, even though the body is only as tall as the content is, if the HTML doesn't have a background of its own, the background of the body will promote itself to be the background of the HTML. Oh, yeah. That is cool, just a good. very yeah. weird one to know about CSS. Um, okay. Wow. Which is good. Yeah. It's probably a good behavior because first people really think of the body as the as the parent thing. Like that's just in people's head. They they think of the body as the Do I have to set a height on HTML? No, because once you set it on the body, the body will push the HTML. Push the HTML. So you really just need body 100 DVH is kind of what we where we're at in 2023. I yes, that's it. Final answer. Locking. Final it. answer. No problems. Even in Firefox, and you yeah. can weirdly you can you can just say the, the you can just say height, 
it's very tempting to say min height. And yeah. sometimes you do want min height. Like if the background is um, like an image, for example, that might stretch or something. But usually just height is fine because if it overflows that height, you get a scroll bar. It's like, well, mm. guess what you get anyway if it over you know, if it overflows the browser, when you just get a scroll bar. So the, the behavior ends up being the same with height or min height, kind of, mo- mostly. You know, yeah. it's little crap like that that we just kind of intuitively understand if you do CSS long enough, but right. it's very vexing, I think. Well, and it, for me, it's like with enough, and it's changed over the years. And so I, I feel like with enough whatever I've copy pasted or, or I have a, a, feeling like you're saying like for figuring mm-hmm. out which one I actually need you know but it takes a few tries obviously so I don't get it right out of the box another one is inherit auto sure. and none you know like, yeah and then like, add in all the new ones like unset initial inner, yeah. unset and initial right. oh my god just a guessing game. I just go, I like type uh, yeah. like whatever property and then I just start cycling with my arrow keys. I mean, yeah, those should be more intuitive than they are, but I don't, I don't, I don't have any better ideas, certainly. So, no, it's not bad. You also don't need them all that often. So, yeah, I, I guess I understand inherit, like there's certain inheritable properties and I talk about that with my web components. Yeah, you stuff, only but. use it on something that's not inheritable. Right, but w- the thing you see it the most on is the like the box sizing. That's not inheritable, and the case has been made that it should have been. So you see it often like put it on the star selector as like box sizing inherit. So it's yeah. like it, 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 it. That's how easy it is to make a. That's how easy it is to make a property become inheritable across the whole DOM. Yeah, except for pseudo elements because they're not really in the DOM, so they don't inherit. Hence that weird snippet where it's like star comma star colon colon before comma star colon colon after <sighs> or i guess going back to the auto thing like when you're like min width zero you're kind of like this has no min width or whatever but if you're like min width auto it's like whatever it was or oh this is a fun it, one or it's yeah. like goes back to like fit content or whatever and, you know uh, fit content min content max content that also blows my mind a little bit sometimes right like if you're doing a media query for example you've set a min width but now you want to unset the midwidth should yeah. you use unset? Should you use initial? Should you just use zero? I'll tell you what, I al- almost always use zero. Zero is going to be used. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's, yeah. No, it's that stuff. It's like, I know there's probably like, there's a proper way, I'm sure, but this is like just going to kind of go. Um, well, what's tricky is you can't use the, um, the it, then you, your logic doesn't work in reverse. You know, if you're trying to unset a max width, you can't say zero because then you've really screwed yourself there. You, that one you almost want to reset because you don't want to use a hundred percent because that's Feels weird. Yeah, prob- yeah, you maybe you do, but chances are you're trying to unset that value. Yeah, Ugh. or you reverse the media query instead because you're like, I'd rather I don't even want to deal with unsetting. Done that, yeah, uh-huh. um, yeah, because you're just like, nope, just make it make it a size. So yeah, you know what kills me is sticky and and overflow. Yeah. Like why why at all? I don't I don't actually don't understand this. Does are they are they related to each other? Like I should be able to overflow hidden something and have that to, or I think hidden's okay. It's the auto 
It's when it has scroll bars, all of a sudden your position sticky doesn't work on any parent up the tree, including the body itself. Now, fortunately, there's a cool new trick. If you haven't seen this, overflow hidden is useful. We've used that our whole career, right? But overflow hidden is still scrollable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, right. you, you, like if you've really forced the scroll over, you can. Whereas there's almost a stronger value overflow clip. Ooh, yeah. That is just clipped. It's just the data is gone. It's like data lost or whatever in CSS. That doesn't mess with sticky. Good to know. Really? Huh? Okay. The problem yeah. is sometimes you're not trying to just hide the overflow. You just you you need scroll bars. And I yeah. think a common one for this is responsive tables, where you wrap the div around the table and you put overflow auto on the table. That way on mobile, the table doesn't have to squish, but it doesn't mess with the viewport. You can mm. still you can just swipe around the table and and move it. It's not like the greatest responsive solution ever, but it's something, and it doesn't yeah. mess with the layout. So okay, but if you had, for example, sticky table headers or table footers, no, you don't. Not if it's overflow auto, they're gone. Yeah, which is like why that's when I want sticky is when there's scrolling to stick with the scrolling. But like if you use overflow, now you quit position sticky. Yeah. <gasps> Suck it. That's not exactly what Dave's haircut is asking about here. That's that's more like I know that's a problem, but he's asking more about black box properties. But but this weird how sticky is picky about its box. <laughs> that's a good blog post. Uh how sticky is picky about its box <laughs> about its position? Some anyway. How it how it is is just that that really uh and transforms affected too. So it's like I get that I get that it does that, but why? Like why why what's the what's the why? You know, and that I think that can hurt developers too. If you're if you're mad at CSS, you might be mad at it because the why eludes you. And it, you know, maybe developer brain likes to know the why. Yeah. Yeah. How? Sticky is picky is tricky. <laughs> oh, ship it. That's a mini book. Yeah. A book apart. Feel free to call me. Um, numbers 555. Five, five, That'd be five, nice. Five, I might five, put it on my CSS wish list because apparently CSS gets just crushes better every year. That'd be a cool one if the CSS is just like, oh, you know how transforms used to screw up your sticky? Not anymore. We just fixed that right. somehow. Or they're just like, Oh, oh yeah, it's not a problem anymore. Remember when? Except for they won't, because then it will. That might be a. Oh yeah, fixed. Everything. It might be yeah. a. Uh, what do you call that? A breaking breaking change. change. Yeah. Um, I All was right. gonna say there's one more I have like issues with. I, I think I'm gonna have to pass though. I, I I'm blanking. Do you think, now, can but, you think of a JavaScript one? Like a I don't know, prevent default or I don't know. I I understand that one, but is there any? What about like what's what about super? I, I've never understood that one. Oh, oh it's yeah. a constructor, Class. so you better call super on it. Yeah, the way I understand it is, <laughs> is hey, go talk to the superintendent. Make sure you're allowed to be here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, go get go get all the things from the super. You know, like like you just have to like go up a level to get all the stuff that you. You know. But its existence implies that you don't always need to do that, right? Like well, sometimes. Why doesn't class just auto imply super? Because, like, why would I have a class 
that's you know if it extends like class person extends uh whatever mammals I get the mammal stuff. Well, like, if it's the 95% use case, what it seems like it is. I wonder if it's, I, I know it's a job. I think it's a Java thing. You know I'm going to say, I'm going to just come out and I'm going to boldly speak. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty common like class thing to have like a super function or whatever. But I just like, I just like, I don't know, like doing seems if you have the extends keyword, it seems like you don't need it, but maybe that's a, limitation with the javascript implementation is like you had to like mm. it's fake classes basically you know i don't know if you remember all that drama like classes is actually just fake classes but maybe it maybe it doesn't matter so i don't oh, know no. let's see what we got let's do another one from bill here ball bill wallbaum yeah right. 20 year designer good nice long career doing design work just moving into development has some input. One of the most important things a designer can do for the web is to use the equivalent to styles in Adobe. That in conjunction with a proper layout program, you can design components with consistent and reusable styles. After all, web pages used to be called web layouts. Makes sense for a program to be made for layouts. As a designer who only designs in Photoshop or even Illustrator is not going to just get what it means to develop a web page or component. Pretty big words, I'd say, from from Bill. But it's kind of, well, what I take from it is like, you know, if Figma has auto layout, use auto layout. You know, use the stuff that makes a design program behave like a web page. I've always felt a little weird about that because it seems like the closer you get to replicating the web, the more it feels like maybe you should just use the web. Yeah, I, I feel that. Um, but I, I think like, I think what Bill's saying is is good because, and this is what I like about like the Figma stuff we talked about last week, is like, I think with Figma now, right? Whoever's using Figma, you're you're using components. You're talking about variables. You are, you know, you're you have like assets. You're using some of the same terminology. And you're speaking the same language and you have properties that change components and you're thinking mm-hmm. in the same terminologies there. And I think that's good, right? I think that's good yeah. for for web development and I or or making that designer developer bridge stable. And so I think like Bill's got is kind of like, you know, using the styles in Adobe, like don't it's like a class, right? Like yeah. I've, styles means here's a bunch of styles that I've named mm-hmm. and that when I apply them, all this different stuff applies at once. That's what CSS is. So I could see that those two people be having a more fruitful conversation. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, here's how it works in my file and my program, you know? And so, I mean, yeah, like I do think like Photoshop was always kind of a hack. Um, I don't know. It it's especially feels like that now. It's a very creative program. Uh, Illustrator is also but it's also very good at like vector graphics so like if you're producing vectors or doing that you know right very good at it so um gosh good thing they good thing that people are really pleased with the ai integration of of photoshop that's going to keep them going for a while i think because it's a little sad to, to you know the they very quietly it sounds like totally nuked xd like it's not you don't even 
see it. You can't even buy it separately. The packages that you can buy that include it don't really say they include it. Oh, They're wow. just li- real life support for XD, right? And then if the Figma deal doesn't go through, which I, I don't, I haven't kept up on, but I do know that it's not done yet. So it's, it's, it's almost seems to me more likely that it doesn't go through. What has Adobe got in this, you know, modern web layout world anymore? Are they going to try again? Are they going to let it sit for a couple of years? That seems dangerous. I don't know. Uh, you know what they've been pitching me is this Express, which is kind of like they're an AI kind of deal, but it's it's almost like Canva, you know, kind of like I need to make mm. an Instagram. Like here's man, what like, an institution Canva is. Some people really just live in that thing. Oh, it's yeah. I mean, they have like TikTok layouts and all this stuff. So. I don't know, maybe it's going a more social route, less like product uh, experiences, you know, more Or maybe social. they already got that unlocked, you know? Isn't it kind of like, I need I need a simple piece of graphic design. That's the tool to use because it's so template-focused and so easy to use. It's just nowhere near trying to use something like Illustrator to do it, you know? Well, and you just like say like, let me pay my Adobe credits and like give me a give me whatever a picture of a bat eating the moon and then boom, I have my Halloween poster, you know, or my, you know, my tweet or whatever figured out. So how big are, how big is Canva? How many people work for Canva? I just like that question because it was, it was going around the other day about, about, uh, uh, it was like DocuSign or something has oh, yeah. like 30,000 <laughs> some, some number like that. Like Seems maybe high. five Seems figures. High. Seems yeah. high. Canva is 2,000. Oh, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. So they are not, they're, they, they are, if anything, enemies of the Adobe, certainly. But, you know, and maybe they're the ones who filed that antitrust lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Tin foil had it. Ugh. Hey, I, somebody did. Somebody did. Like the government isn't sitting around like, oh man, dude, like web developers have enough options to design. <laughs> like I'm Merrick Garland. I'm just going to, that's something I super care about. You know, like he didn't right. come up with that. Like uh, Joe Biden didn't come up with that. Kamala Harris didn't come up with that. It, this is purely a, a somebody, this stepped on somebody's toes and somebody Tech with money's toes. Yeah. Yes, Somebody indeed. with money's toes got stepped on, and that's the problem. So, um, but I don't know. Uh, I I think we benefit from diversity or whatever. But you know, I don't know. It, it's interesting. I I do think there is opportunity with like Photoshop, though. I, I said it was bad for web development, but but like you know, I mean, raster graphics right now have a bad name because they're bad for performance, and they like you know have you know they're beefy and they. You know, everyone's doing the cool Memphis vector graphics or whatever, you know, um, like maybe cool ass photoshops come back. You know what I mean? Like just really like when you started up Photoshop and you had to stare at this thing for five years, like maybe that style of like cool photoshops come back, you know? So mm. there was um, two articles since, you know, since Figma comp for whatever what was it called? Fig config. Figma config, which oh is hard for my dyslexic brain to parse, but it's uh we're we're yeah. It was a perfect good. name for it this year with the, with the, with the variables and everything. 
two articles, probably trying to ride the coattails of everybody talking about Figma. One was why I don't use Figma anymore or something like that. And then one from the, the old base camp game that likes to throw bombs about dumb crap about how they would never use Figma. No, th- no, that's not what it was. They, they said they use Figma a lot, but maybe we shouldn't because, of course, our designers use HTML and CSS, which <laughs> theoretically I agree with. But the take, oh, there always seems to be something like off-putting about the take that I, it's just always something that's like, why you got to say it like that? Why can't you just say it? Without trying to intentionally make it spicy. 20 years ago, <laughs> it was punchy and I loved it. Now it's just like, are you got you guys just don't like anything. <laughs> or like it threatens your business or something. I don't know. So Yeah, maybe it is that's that it has that kind of hater vibe or something to it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but it was yeah. T- two t- two big articles had people talking about whether whether using a tool like Figma belongs in a process at all. Which how could you speak to somebody else's process? That always seems so tricky to me. You know, even even the the great tailwind debate apparently of this half decade mm-hmm. is like why do you get to think that you can you get to decide what other people use and like yeah and like what's good and what scales and what you know it's like have you worked at every company like do you, <laughs> like have you met jeff because jeff's a total piece of shit and he for some reason has a lot of pull with management do you work there you don't like some there's a couple other thought leaders uh we've been discussing in the discord uh but, uh, you know, and it's like, generally, like, I find their takes pretty okay, but then sometimes they come out with a hot take and I'm just like, big nope, right? Like, and and I'm just like, but I, you know, it. I think there's this phase, right? Like, where you have to say, okay, my viewport of the, of the industry is shaped by the companies I have worked for or with, you know? I am fortunate, like, I've worked for very large companies, Microsoft's, Papa John's, you know, large companies, Starbucks's and stuff like that. And so I've got to see inside a lot of companies, but I'm also an outsider. And I'm also like, I worked at a three person company, you know, like I, I, like my viewport is different, you know, like, and for me to just be like, here's the one true way, this is, you know, the best stack, you know, it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know anything. It's tricky, though, because it, 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 I like that a lot, right? To always have, you know, your life is shaped by your experiences and certainly not just in tech either. It's about your health and your eating habits and your childhood and how quick to temper you are, too, Dave. All of it is shaped by your experience and your experience alone. But sometimes you, we are required to think bigger you know, yeah, when America true. goes to war, we need to, you can't just be like, well, it's complicated. You know, you true. should probably, you know, or, and, and, and same is true with big tech stuff like AI, you know, like everybody has an opinion. I'm almost a little sick of reading hot takes about it, but to just be like, well, I don't know. Some people need it. Some people don't. If that is a, you know, if you sense a harbinger of doom there, it's, you know, it probably doesn't hurt to say so. <laughs> so. Tr- yeah. Tricky, and and if you think of Tailwind as a harbinger of doom, then may- maybe maybe saying something is good. But it seems to be pretty clear that s- how you choose to style a website is is like the stakes are 
lowish. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't care. I mean, I I do. Aim. Yeah, I my hot take there would just be like I've been in situations where I've had too many classes and digging out of that was painful. I haven't been in situations where I have a really good component architecture and a really good, you know, and then a lot of classes. So I haven't been in that exact position situation, but I, what I imagine it to be like is like, uh, this is, I am moving the world and this sucks, <laughs> you know, like I'm having to dig, dig out under everything rather than just like, let me just fix the, you know, whatever pizza card class, you know? Like that seems easier, but anyway. I know what you mean. Yeah. So, so you know, because being having experience in this industry does is very often pertinent, right? Like, I, I, I want the opinion of our software elders to tell us where we may or may not be going wrong based on decades of experience experiencing things go wrong. You I know? do think, but like, sometimes exp- they're wrong too. You know, well, yeah, I do think like experience is valuable. Like, I do think like it's not the end all be all. Like, old guarding isn't cool. It sucks to be called that when you're like, hey, I think, uh, whatever technology X Y Z might pose some <laughs> maintenance problems down the road, and people are like, no, shut up, old man. You know, and you're like, okay, well, um, have fun. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, thinking of a very specific technology, but um, anyway, yeah, I think like, I don't know. I think like, again, back to like the last week thing, I I just think like we can like, or a couple weeks ago, like, I just think like we can, there, there's, I think we're on the cusp of a big leap forward in front end development. And I think that's like shedding old CSS habits. I think that's like, cause CSS hmm. has gotten so better. It's, way better you know i think html is getting better like popover and all this stuff is coming out it's going to revolutionize how we just stick stuff to the page it's it's going to be a new internet in three years you know a new new web so like i I think there's a lot of opportunity to rethink old things so anyway but we don't need more frameworks this may be my takeaway from the last (laughs) 10 years so well, we'll be around for it. I can't do anything else. <laughs> I know. I kind of, kind of uh, locked into this whole website making thing. So uh, hopefully, it sticks around. So uh, yeah, it seems it seems like a good plan. Still, it's doing pretty good. I'd say we'll be the first to tell you if things start to take a dive, folks. Yeah. Well, I can also put a baby to sleep. So if like, yeah. Like, <laughs> worst comes to worst, that's a job everyone always needs. You know, my furnace body is really good at putting babies to sleep. So nice. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's like my calmness. Soft, yeah. warm. Right. I'm, I'm a baby's dream. <laughs> I, I, I always think of the, like being a line cook, you know, like I did it before, can do it again. You know, it's just for every, every, every restaurant in this country is understaffed. So, I'll go back. I'll go back. Yeah, you can make 18 bucks at Whataburger right now. So think about that, Chris. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's, That's pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> Sometimes I do the math, though, a little bit. So $18 an hour times 40 hours a week is $720 times four times four weeks is $2,880 a month times 12 months. So you take no time off. You make $34,000 a year. And I think of that number and I'm like, oh, I don't, 
I don't know if I can pull it together for 34 games. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, I I it's a low a number more. considering you take no for zero days off. Well, there, yeah, and then you have to like, yeah, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that's hard, but let's call it fifty dollars an hour is where I need to to be. So, well, I'll be a I'll be a line chef at somewhere really nice, fancy bar, fancy yeah. place. You could bartend, that'd be good. Oh, yeah, yeah or, and then you get the tip tip bucks. You know, you can really to sleep. That's my thing. <laughs> There you go. All right, folks. Um, thanks for listening to us. Just chat around. It's kind of it feels like summer edition, you know. We were talking about campers before we even got on. It's Shop it's, Talk Summer Edition. Shop Talk Summer. Are we? Uh, do we need to make the call? Are we taking a week or two off here? No, we don't need no. to because the the next show we have guests for. Uh, we're recording. I mean, just no, nobody listening needs to care. But we were recording it just in time to make to make the next Monday. To make the next so Monday. Okay. We don't need to miss an episode. I can't promise that we uh, will never take a week off. Lots of podcasts take off. We never do. We are here for you, people. All right. We do a good job. So I don't think we need to. All right. We're doing it. All right. Thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcatcher's choice. Be sure to start hard favorite up that shop. People find out about the show. Join us in the Discord, patreon.com slash shop talk show. Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? Oh, shop <laughs> oh, here come the Shop Talk Boys. Here come the Shop Talk Boys talking websites, yeah.